Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, the Edmonton Eskimos have decided they are going to rename their team. Uh, this after uh, lots of chatter in regard to sports teams again. The Washington Redskins, of course, of the NFL making the change uh, as well. Here is what the chair of the board of directors for Edmonton said about the name change. Changing our name will not change our core identity or the values we stand for. Resilience, strength, respect, and community. A great team for a great city. The exciting but tough part comes next, finding a new name for this great organization. All right, let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, public relations consultant and PR guru. Alyssa PR, she's here. Alyssa, thanks for the time. Hope you're doing well. Yes, uh, Scott, thank you for asking. After the Washington Redskins made uh, made this decision, uh, surprise where we are now, or do you think these dominoes will continue to fall? Well, I think they will continue to fall, but it's, you know, it's interesting. First of all, let's dial back to that clip you just play, played about that statement. You know, where was the part about moving forward to embracing all cultures? I mean, where was all that sort of speak that should have been in that statement? Maybe it was there, and I didn't hear that part of it, but really it sort of sounds like sour grapes. Well, we're always going to stand for this and that. And I think that, you know, and, and I don't disagree that the, whatever name they do, the Edmonton team does pick going forward, will continue to stand for resilience and integrity. But I really think there could have been a better way of saying that. And also even just the tone of that particular spokesperson was like, okay, well, we got to do this, so whatever, but yeah. we're not going to lose our values. That, that was kind of disappointing to him. And you, even keeping the EE logo like that until the uh, the new name is found, I was thinking, well, that sort of says the same thing. It's just the initials of. Is this all sponsor-driven? I mean, this is uh, obviously a big part of what happened uh, in the NFL, and obviously in the CFL, sponsors are even more so uh, important to keep the league alive. Um, is that perhaps why the lack of passion in, in the speech, that this was someone being told to do this by a sponsor? Well, maybe, but I mean, you know, when I was reading up on this, the, the one thing I did read, which I found was interesting, is that the organization was engaging in talks with the uh, the Northern Indigenous communities over the name, which this is not the first time that they've been called upon to change the name. And, you know, maybe five years ago, I believe when the first time was in 2015, you know, you think about this and, oh, well, you know, we've always been the Edmonton Eskimos. This isn't derogatory. We're, we like it and we're going to keep it and let's just, you know, hope this grumbling goes away. Well, as it turns out, this hasn't. So is it sponsor driven? Really, it should be integrity driven. So if you're an organization that you claim has integrity, then the integrity you have is for not just the organization, but for, you know, who you represent and where you're representing it. You know, you are in Canada, so you're a Canadian uh, football organization. Therefore, what you say, you have a large platform that acts um, as uh, is very influential among not just all the people who uh, cheer for your team, but all the people who pay attention to the CFL and all the people who pay attention to, uh, you know, Indigenous rights in Canada and to to turn a blind eye on that and not being proactive and getting out ahead of the game, I, you know, sort of makes them sit, look like they're sitting back on their heels, Scott. And, and yes, obviously, you know, uh, this was basically they were push came to shove because a Boston pizza pulled their sponsorship. Now maybe Boston pizza will come back. I don't know, but 
Did you really have to be told by one of your major sponsors? Could you not have read the writing on the walls? Could you not have taken the temperature of, you know, where the world is going these days? And it really made the organization, you know, look out of step with all of this. So, you know, yeah, I grew up with the CFL. I grew up with the Toronto Argos. You know, I live with a, a, a husband. My husband is a diehard Ticat fan. And we sort of, you know, maybe people lament uh, the change in name. But I think that what it does is it just provides a wokeness for all of us that uh, don't understand that this is Indigenous appropriation and was never right in the first place. And really, if it was about integrity, why has it taken this long? I mean, this is all timing. This is all in response to what has happened uh, post uh, George Floyd uh, tragic death that we all saw. So, uh, again, how can you even use the word integrity when it's a reactionary uh, decision? 110%. I I, I couldn't have said it any better, Scott. Uh, You know, really going forward, the Edmonton organization needs to be a little bit more careful on how they put out their statements. They need to strike a different tone. They need to use their words uh, in a more judicious and empathetic way. And, and, I, and I do hope that they will do that and not sort of stand on ceremony of, you know, we're doing this because we were pushed to do it. You know, I did hear reports that really they weren't going to do it until Washington said, "Okay, we are going to uh, change our name. And, yeah, can you draw parallels between uh, the the use of the name Redskins and Eskimos? Many people think that it's two different things, but it all comes under the one umbrella term of appropriation. And none of us really cared about that. Uh, in the past. But now that we're digging into the subject, and I think that we're all learning a little bit more, I think that Canadians will eventually, not in the short term, but maybe in the long term, come around to thinking that this is the right thing to do. Again, I I just keep going back to a conversation I had with uh, the caretaker of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Bob Young, uh, talking about the Confederate flag years ago. And he said, you know, I've got a lot of players that are from the South, and I can see the pain in their eyes. And he said, why would I want to be a part? This is a family for me. Why would I want to be a part of anything that brings pain to a member of the family? And I'm paraphrasing what he said. But, But again, even though you don't get it, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt other people. Well, that's true. And uh, listen, I can't even comment on that. That taking away the Confederate flag brings pain to people. Okay. Well, you know, that again is just another out of step comment to be. I I was referring to the fact that seeing the Confederate flag would bring pain to people who who have experienced uh, depression and, you know, are are part of the black community. Uh, Is this not an opportunity? Like, Put on your PR hat here. Um, is this not an opportunity for the club? Uh, many have said you get a new name, you get a new logo, you got new gear. I mean, you know, that's like hitting a, hitting the lottery. Uh, how do they change this into a positive? Well, first of all, they need to create a new narrative. They need to create a narrative that this is the right thing going forward and this is only going to make the team better in a way that it is uh, being in step with the times, number one, and they know that they have a large influential platform, um, not just in Edmonton, not just in the province of Alberta, but also as acting as, as influencers and thought leaders in Canada, especially when it comes to Canadian football. 
Don't make this sound like sour grapes. Make this sound like this is a great thing going forward. And really, it could. I understand that the team wants to keep the double E logo because they have, (laughs) let's face it, there's a ton of stuff printed already with the double E logo. So from a a sheer financial perspective, I can understand uh, change, you know, wanting to keep the double E logo. But really, when you uh, adopt a new name, it uh, then behooves you to think about a new logo and a new look and um, do I mean you can always keep that same green and gold color scheme if you want so you're not losing everything but you know you are giving a nod to your heritage but you're also giving a nod to your thought leadership and you know the team's uh, energy going forward. What about using this as a teaching moment or do you just relogo rebrand the team and move on? Well, I guess it, what, what, it depends what you mean by a teaching moment. I think that... Why you're changing the name instead of just, wow, here, we're, here we are now and never even mention it again. Should, no, should, should they explain the transition here and use it as a yeah. teaching moment? I, I agree. I mean, you can't erase history. And I think that you need to acknowledge where you came from and you need to acknowledge where you're going and why. And that's why I I mentioned thought leadership, Scott, because this is going to be very important for the Edmonton organization going forward. I read an article today about the old uh, Edmonton team uh, members, specifically um, Neil Lumsden and and from that era, which, you know, you and I are the same age. That was basically our era, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that Edmonton needs to do is – is really gather internal consensus about this and bring in your most important stakeholders, which include past players from the glory years, and bring them into the thought process so they too are on board. Because once that new name comes out, Scott, who do you think they're going to go to? Yeah, they'll go to management and they'll obviously go to the spokesperson that we just heard, but they're also going to go to the older players and say, well, what do you think about this? And if those players are not brought into the process and not Um, given the opportunity to understand the narrative going forward, that's only going to undermine any of their efforts. So the Edmonton uh, team has a a, a long road ahead of them. You you know, there's the road of finding a name. And honestly, I really do think that they should rebrand. They can keep the integrity of their color scheme, uh, which should not be a problem. But most importantly is coming up with that go-forward narrative that – says to people, we've embraced this, this is why, and this is how we're going to act in the future. Good point. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right, I can't let you go without asking you about uh, Donald Trump's uh, abrupt about face on wearing a mask and and the whole idea behind COVID-19 that we all have to take seriously now. It's no longer a hoax. Here's a clip from what the president had to say on mask use. I have no problem with the masks. I view it this way. Anything that potentially can help, and that certainly can potentially help, is a good thing. I have no problem. I carry it. I wear it. You saw me wearing it a number of times, and I'll continue. I'm sorry. I thought it was day, not night. Uh, How can you walk this line and pretend that everything that was said in the last six months never was said? How does he sell this to the base? Well, I don't think the base really cares what he said 24 hours ago or 48 hours ago. I think they only care what he says now. And I'm sure that they're thinking, well, you know what, I think that, you know, he's saying to do this at the right time because he's made up his mind and he knows best. I mean, all I know is, and I think that what you know, is that he's finally, you know, somebody's made him finally pay attention to the numbers. 
of what's going on here and the reality that this is not going to go away. So, you know, this won't be the first time a head of state has wished upon uh, the disappearance of, uh, of a pandemic. I think I read earlier that Herbert Hoover uh, was president of the United States during the polio <laughs> um, endemic, epidemic and just thought it was going to go away. Hmm. You can't will these things away. You have to face them head on. And that is the true measure of a leader. So when we've had before this very dismissive um, attitude towards the COVID-19 virus, while, you know, the the death toll is rising and, and the incidence toll is rising, that finally we have the president saying, OK, it's all time to wear a mask. But to be sure, this is mainly because they've maybe what really did the trick, and I'm only speculating here, is that the poll numbers are starting yeah. to come in. And he is trailing badly in some states which should be slam dunks for the Republicans. So as a result, maybe he doesn't really believe in the um, in the tragedy of this of this virus and in its effect. But what he does believe in is that he wants to win a second term. So is this a tipping point? Because, again, I'm sure there were lots of experts, lots of White House staff, lots of everybody that went in over the last several six months and said, you can't keep doing this. And now all of a sudden the whole thing has changed and he, he, he's changed his tune. He almost seems deflated as a result of this. Um, does that can that possibly go unnoticed? Well, it won't go unnoticed by the mainstream media other than Fox or Breitbart or any of the uh, more right-leaning um, outlets, but it will go noticed by everybody else. Now, remember, let's rem- you know, the last um, press conference that he had was the one where he was thinking of, um, you know, light therapy and injecting Clorox in order right. to uh, get, rid of the, uh, get rid of the virus, which he claimed when he was joking. Well, what else are they going to say? And at that time, there were many people who were thinking that, you know, Trump's uh, real rival was not Joe Biden, but the but you know, COVID-19 virus, mm. and that the more he talked, the worse it was getting. And at that time, after that press conference, you saw absolutely no briefings whatsoever coming out of the White House with respect to information. And then you hear that any time that, you know, when there's uh, any reporting to be done, that they're, you know, their public health, or I'm not sure of the system down there, is to bypass the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, and report it straight into the White House. So they're trying to, you know, wash away all the horrible things that are going on with this virus and basically keeping the American public in the dark. At the same time, you have Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's still being interviewed by mainstream media, whether he is, you know, on the podium at a press conference or not, and saying what he knows. Does this make Donald Trump look worse because he's flip-flopped on this? I think that that depends. I think to people who are already anti-Trump, yes. Or to people who were who are on the fence and, according to the polls, are really um, have a, a large disapproval of his behavior and his presidency uh, during this pandemic. Yes, to the people who truly believe that the president can the president can uh, do no wrong. No, they won't even even the base won't view this as too little, too late. Unless and and what about if the base doesn't like wearing masks and all of a sudden this guy doesn't represent me anymore? I liked him when he was an outlaw. That could have an effect. You know, we haven't, history shows us that really it hasn't had an effect 
right, Scott? I mean, it hasn't, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter what what the president has done, the base will always stick to him and blame the, uh, you know, the left wing media for trying to bring him down over no reason. I, I think that, you know, for thing for the base to really um, move away from Trump, they have to be personally affected unfortunately, uh, by the virus. I mean, you had one of the governors saying, okay, well, you know, I have the virus, I have to tell you, but I'm still not going to tell you to wear masks or not. And really, what his control over the previous narrative of not wearing masks has driven the narrative of those governors who have aligned themselves with him to the detriment of their own citizens. And I've read in the New York Times that there have been side calls among governors, both Republican and and Democrats, who are now looking to one another and saying, "Okay, listen, what did you do? This is something I need to do. And I can no longer be on side with the president. So there has been a break in ranks by some very prominent Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, who says, listen, I think you need to wear a mask. And at some point, you know, these people have found their moral center and said, okay, I can no longer play this game. But now that Trump is back on the game, maybe they're all back on side with him. We were talking about the tone of the Edmonton uh, CEO. What about the tone of the president? He seems defeated now. And even when he says this, he looks like he's not even believing it. He looks sheepish. So that's the thing, right? I mean, the thing is that he really needs to pick up this narrative and own it. And he can no longer go along, you know, with sour grapes saying, "Okay, well, I've capitulated and now I've got to say what everybody's telling me to say. Um, I think that at some point uh, we may see uh, see him double down on the mask wearing and to sound a little bit more convincing that uh, this is the course of action that Americans need to take in order to stem the tide of COVID-19. Any way you slice and dice the numbers, he just did that interview with Chris Wallace from Fox News and kept disputing the numbers. And mm-hmm. listen, I, I deal in PR, and you can look at a set of full numbers and, and make them say whatever you want them to say. But you can't deny the facts that this disease is ravaging America. He needs to show leadership and he needs to do it now. Alyssa Freeman has been with us. Alyssa PR, public relations consultant, talking about the president's flip-flop on the mask issue and the Edmonton Eskimos changing their name. Alyssa, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. And you too, Scott. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.